What up, Hunga family? Welcome back to the podcast. Booney, host of the Booney Breakdown Podcast, your source for all things responsible and ratchet. What's up, Booney? Hey, how are you? <laughs> Welcome back, Boo. It's so Thank good to you. see you. I'm glad to be here. Look, I haven't recorded in a while, so this is fun. <sighs> I need to get my toe back. So this is um, a timely conversation in, in, in many ways, and we're going to get into it. A hundred percent. Oh, my gosh. Booney, like I said, this is not our first time on a microphone together. It's always nice to collaborate with other podcasters in the game, which is something I said I really wanted to commit to and do more of. So, again, it's just really good to see you. Um, Booney, let the people know where they can find you on social media and where they can listen to your podcast. Yeah, so you can follow us on social. We're at the Booney B O O N I E breakdown um, on Instagram and Facebook. We're most active on Instagram, so just just go ahead and follow us there. But you can listen to the podcast on all major platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, all of those. YouTube for people who are like, oh, I, I want to listen at work. YouTube. Um, and so, yeah, so go ahead and follow there. Follow on Instagram. Um, I think with this conversation, I think this is be like step one for me coming back. <laughs> and step one for me to take a step back. Isn't it? This is like really interesting. So I'm, I'm really, again, happy for you to be here. This is going to be a really dope conversation for me and you. But I think for also a lot of people listening, particularly um, creators. Yes. So before we get into the the conversation, what are you looking forward to, Booney, this year um, on a personal and also on a creative level? So on the creative level, I think, you know, I'm looking forward to finding my mojo again. And getting excited about my podcast again. Um, for me, I never like to do things when they start to feel like a chore or I'm not excited about them. And so for me, giving my space, giving myself space to daydream a bit more, right? Because I think I got mm. so caught up in um, oh, well, it's Monday, I'm in season, I gotta put an episode out. And so I just want to give my time, myself time and space to daydream and ideate and, and what does it look like and yes. what's the next level and do we still want to do this? Are we rebranding? Like, I just want to explore all of that. And so this year, I'm just kind of excited to see where I land up on all of those things. Like, yeah. And as scary as that journey could be, because this happens, what you just described, this happens periodically um, mm -hmm. throughout a, a creator's content cre uh, career. Um, and so what you're describing is very scary. It doesn't always feel good, but at the same time, it's an amazing experience. Um, it, and while it doesn't feel good, sometimes it really does feel good to just yeah. be able to be in the space and to know that you have choices yeah you like you, you this, is, this your is yours shit. yeah and yeah. so I'm, I'm excited to claim that and to feel all of that again and i think on the personal level mm -hmm. um 
you know what I'm really like, it's so funny because I don't think people, especially in my podcast uh, audience, are probably not used to me saying this, but you know, I'm ready for all the ratchet and all the fun that comes with it, but I'm also kind of ready to find my person, right? Like, I'm ready for, I keep saying, I want romance. I want passions on passions on passions. Like, that's what I'm ready for. And so to be doing things with a person and all of that, that's what I want right now. It's easier said than done, but that's what I, I'm hoping that uh, the universe and brings into my orbit somehow, some way. Okay, for stepping into the, are, would you say you're stepping into the dating world, the dating scene, or are you you're already there, and you I'm just there, but it's a struggle city, okay, <laughs> struggle city. I like that though. Um, I've been talking about that a lot more with people on social media, just me wanting to, um, you know, being that independent, strong person who can do everything. I feel like that song over that, 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 that song done played out it done, for me. I, I can't talk for everybody, but for me, it's like, no bitch, I need some help. This life is hard. I need somebody to hold my hand. Somebody to, would it, um, what she say on waiting to exhale? I'm not like you. I need, I need somebody to hold me at night. Like, <laughs> And it's funny because but seriously, like it's true. Like <laughs> that that I don't want to say, but it's kind of like a yearning a little bit. Like, and so it's been a couple years for me since mm. I've been in a relationship. And like I done did the situationships in the uh yeah, okay. Yeah. But no, in in the in the meantime, but it's it's just like yeah, that's where I, that's the space I would like to be. I would like to go on vacations and, like you said, or lay on the couch and just watch TV. But like you, right there. So, yeah, that would be nice. It would come be nice. On, all right. Well, fellas, and it's like, any, as much as any I eligible love, bachelors out there, you, you we got. Come well, on, though. look, come correct, okay? Because look, oh, I be, let them know. I, come correct. <laughs> I know that's right. <clears throat> And I also want to ask you if you had any upcoming dates, up any upcoming events, podcast events, or episodes that you want to plug and let the people know about. So right now I am on hiatus, but I have over 230 episodes from Her. everything from literally soup to nuts. But I don't have a date. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a date when I'll be back yet, but I'll be back. I can say that part now. I will be back, but I don't know when. Um, but I am working on dates for my live show. So I do know that... I was just about to ask you about that. Yeah, I am. I've been trying to... I got a few cities I'm trying to hit. Um, but you know what? I feel like somebody paid Fat Joe to say yesterday's price is not today's price. Because some of these venues... It's funny. I feel like I'm not in a weird space, but I'm very aware of my audience size, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not in a space where I can go book out a 300, 400-seat venue and do a ticket split. I'm not there. No, what's a ticket split? So a lot of venues will say, like, um, 
She's like, you don't have to pay a rental fee or anything. You could just show up, do your show, and they split the split the ticket sales with you like 60, 40 or something. So okay. they may keep 60 or four, whatever the deal is, but it's a oh, okay. somehow gotcha. some percentage. Okay. I'm not there quite there yet. <laughs> Maybe in some cities, like my home city, I probably could do that somewhere now. Um, but I legit had a venue, and I don't want to spoil it because I don't want people to know what cities I'm going to yet. But I legit had a venue tell me ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand U.S. Dollar, whole American dollars. I'm like U.S. U.S. dollars, and 10, I told you I'm it's not only a fucking need, stadium. Yeah, I only need space for a hundred people. So I'm like, the math not mathing. Then I've had people say like, oh, here's the rental fee, but. I also need 20% of your ticket sales. So it's going to be either or. I'll give you a percentage of my ticket sales or I'm going to pay a rental fee. You're not getting both. Gotcha. Listen, for the girls, and and including myself, we out here taking notes that's trying to get to that level. A live show. So I'm listening. (laughs) So it's just right now... um, kind of weeding out and finding locations of what makes sense. Because I tell people this all Mm -hmm. the time. Again, I'm not... Uh, the read right that's like the black pinnacle podcast right they can sell out a 500 seat auditorium or wherever they go easy but i do think everyone can make a live experience work for where they are and so you know my very first show (laughs) i gotta stay sick a whole 30 people um yeah you can you can make it work now i'm thinking oh god i'm not gonna sell 30 tickets and my black ass was ended up cramping 65 people in there. <laughs> so. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So, it was like, I couldn't believe it. Like, oh, my Look God. I'm okay. this little space. But I'm sold 60-something tickets. How I'm, and double I'm the capacity. This, yeah. Like, how I'm going to make this work. Found a way, made it work. But so that's the thing. You can find just what works with your budget. And it might take some little elbow grease. So, now, because I feel like I've done enough of them, I know what to look for. Um and so now what it's looking like, I'm like, you you know, here's another thing I'm going to say. I think we're really spoiled in the Northeast. Being in this part of the country, you're in Philly, mm-hmm. I'm in Baltimore. I've done a show in Philly. I've done a show in New York. I've done a ton in Baltimore. The venues that I'm looking for are easy to find. When you start to go south, mm-hmm. <laughs> those venues don't exist the same way, right? Like it's, clubs or blank spaces and you got to bring everything in so the costs add up versus like oh this is a cute little artsy theater and they have a stage and lights and mics and all that stuff so okay so you got to switch up how you do things depending on what region the country so that's what i'm learning is like i feel like we're very spoiled in this part of the country because those things exist, right? It comes with so much aesthetic and so much vibe already into the space. You just add right to it. Yeah, I'm just like popular. Like, you were at my Philly show, like, you know. Yes, that was was fun. It was fun. It was a nice-sized theater. Like, Mm. it had everything I needed. And it was a place that if the audience grew, I think that curtain you could pull back and it was like another 50 seats or something. So, again, like, you can find what makes what works, but... I, I would love to go to certain cities, but I, I'm going to stay hopeful that I can work it out. If I can't, then we want to pivot. But all this to say, dates are coming soon. Do you use your own equipment, Booney? So, you know, I've not invested in that. Um, 
I'm not invested in that actually. Okay. So okay. I came. I'm per- looking into that. Yeah, like you know, I I go back and forth because I started a podcast because it was all audio, and I was like, great, I could talk shit about shit and nobody get to see me. <laughs> but now, as you've seen, because of social media, everyone's going viral with podcasts, but it's video clips. Yeah. And that was not what it was, right? And no, so some podcasts don't have to do that. But now that's kind of like the norm. And so I kind of feel like, shit, I still don't like, we're recording virtually. That's how I record most of it. So I don't, I won't have these cute sets. And so I'm thinking about what the landscape is now versus when I started and how do I meet that? I don't know. Like, I just, it's enough editing audio i don't want to do videos i know and i honestly felt like that's what has one of the things that has contributed to my burnout personally and we'll talk about it more but it's just like podcasting doing this is i'm used to this but it's all the social media work and it it, we're going to get into it so i wanted to connect with you Booney, because I wanted to discuss creator burnout, how to cope with it. Like I said before, it seems like a really timely conversation. Um, I recently posted on my story that I was taking a break. And I really just want to real quick just tell everyone, thank you for the DMs. Y'all showed a lot of love. The The prayer warriors even showed up in my DMs. Oh, Prayers, right. other um, content creators and podcasters, um, podcasters lifting me up. Um, and listeners, the most important ones, um, let me know that my work hasn't gone in vain, which I don't know about you, Booney, but at times it can feel like you're in one of those, you know, late night city bars and it's just a spotlight on you. You got your cigarette. It's a few coughs. <laughs> you tap in the mic like, anybody listening? Anybody? (laughs) Yes. Booney, it can get a little lonely up here, even though we're not alone. You know, I struggle two things with this, right? Because you do feel like, um, like, is anybody listening, right? Um, But I've been struggling recently, too. And I don't know if this was contributing to some of my need to take a break was how much to share because I've been myself as a a consumer of content, right? As I'm mm-hmm. scrolling, I've been getting sick of some of the content that's out there. Like, I don't want to fucking see you make your <sighs> bed. I don't want to see you wipe your fucking countertops. I don't like, so it's just so much stuff that I'm just like, I'm over it. And I just feel like we're, we're sharing way too much. And so when I started thinking about my own stuff, it's like, okay, am I sharing too much? Like, do, how do I want to scale this so I still feel like I am being authentic to my audience and being authentically who I am, but I'm not sharing every detail of my whole damn life. <laughs> and that seems to be the stuff that's trending, that gets a lot of likes, oh, a lot of I retweets, and or... Even when it comes to podcasting and, you know, it's it's a lot of trash um, that the people are consuming. Um, and 
don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, yo. But you know, I think taking a pause to assess or to just give yourself space or to give yourself a break, it's okay, right? And I, I do feel like I got caught up a little bit feeling like I owed my audience something. So much so that I abruptly ended my season 12. That was not my plan to end it then, but I didn't have it. And I couldn't keep faking that I had it. This um, is your last season. Um, yeah, my last season I just ended. Like I okay. just said, you know okay. what? <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's Day is the last episode. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> and I was about to say it was February. Yep, I think it was I was Valentine's Day. listening that was, to your podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was it. So um but I still felt like, dang, I owe. So my Patreon audience, I've, I've paused their billing. I haven't billed them because um, I'm not doing anything. But I did record a little episode to explain to them uh, why I was stepping away for a little bit. Where you were and at. so I still felt like I owed at least the people who were paying me <laughs> an That's explanation real. of yeah. what was happening. So... Um, yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's such a mind fuck, honestly, to, to be in this. And I kind of, I think taking a step back to just assess is, is good and healthy. <laughs> good and healthy. It is. And it is already starting to feel good. Um, cause I don't have, I, I don't feel that pressure. And, you know, some people are asking me, you know, how long is going to be, Eric? Are you, are you coming back? Are you, is it going to be permanent? And, um, Right now, I don't know. I, for, for me right now, it's just until I feel better. Um, I just feel like I can't keep pouring in to other people when I just feel like my vessel is is empty right yeah. now. I want to come back feeling, you know, good about being here and good about talking to people, to talking to people. Even though some people was like, nah, like, we want to hear that too. Use the podcast. Like... That's that realness. That's the that's the that's the rawness. And I mean, as a content creator, how do you feel about that? Like sometimes yeah, people want to see it. I struggle with that, and not because I don't want people to see real. It's because it's like also it's my real life, and so at what movie. point? Yeah, mm-hmm. like at what point am I allowed to protect what I'm feeling and going through? Because I do really think people fucking believe everything is content. Everything is content. Right? No, it's not. (laughs) And that's where I think part of my struggle was too, right? Like, I had to talk this out with my therapist because she's like, you got to give yourself grace and space, because I was beating myself. I didn't like how that season was going. I didn't like how I ended it. And she's like, you need to give yourself grace. I was struggling the season before that. I struggled a little bit because my grandfather died. And my grandfather dying, yeah, messed me up more than I thought because it was my last grandparent. And I was struggling like, dang, I don't got no more grandparents. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh, I can't do anything because I'm not in that headspace. Then I had good news. I got a promotion at my nine to five and work became way more demanding a little bit there for a second. So, okay, that's two big life changes. Yeah. And then towards the end of the year, I was dealing with the health issue. Now, granted, it was not, uh, it could have been major, but it was 
a significant health decision. Um, so it was three big things. <laughs> my, wow. It took my therapist to highlight that for me to ease up on myself because I was beating myself up. Like, why can't I just, because everything is content, everything. Like, why couldn't I produce? But you, I dealt with the death of a major family member. You've been through a lot. Yes. A job and health. She's like, girl, give yourself some grace. Yes. And so that helped. Like, here's what I say it. And I'm like, and putting it in perspective like that, right? Because you living your life, you don't realize it. And so I was like, you're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Give yourself some grace. That's a word that we all can take, take away from this. So I want to talk about like how we got here. Uh, for me, it's been a combination of a few things. One, I've been feeling like I've been in survival mode. Mm. Um, and I think that anybody who's in survival mode, especially when it's unchecked, like you're not dealing with it in a healthy way. Like you talked about therapy just a few moments ago. Like, whew, that's a healthy way <laughs> to deal with being in survival mode. Um among many other things, obviously. But I just think that that can definitely impact your creative space. I'm spending more time about, I'm spending more time being in the moment than thinking about the future. And being in a creative space definitely demands you to be, if not planning for the future, just maybe even aware of future goals and where you want to go. And I just honestly, Booney, found myself in a space where um, I didn't know where I wanted to go creatively. It's like for so long, I thought I knew. Um, I thought at this point I would be a little further along than I am. Um, And I think I've been dealing with just being sad about it Mm. and spending time reclaiming my truth and and where it is today. So that way I can take it and and move it forward. Um, But I was just sad. I felt like I had to grieve this. I don't know. Because, you know, it's the should have been, what could have been, where I should be, right? And sometimes that gets very daunting. I recently had a conversation with another podcaster because, and I'm going to shout her out because check out her shit. Um, Ebony with the Professional Homegirl Podcast. She just got signed to Black Effect Network. Okay. And I was Shout like, that's Ebene. dope, right? Because yeah. we joke like we're pod sisters and we have like, I think, similar size podcast audiences. And so to me, that was so aspirational because I'm like, shit, I never thought that a podcast my size could get signed by a network that big. Wow. So to see her do it, I'm like, oh, let's get this shit together, right? Like, (laughs) because I was, and I I appreciate her honestly, because sometimes people don't want to share their shit, right? You know, when people get Mm -hmm. a little success or a big win, they don't want to share. And so I was sharing with her how I'm like, yeah, I'm like, oh, girl, I'm feeling burnt out. And I did all these episodes. I've been the host. I've been the marketer. I'm the, the booking lady. I'm the, like, I do all of that. And I was like, I think if I could take stuff off my plate, I would get excited again about creating, but I'm not in a space. So she was sharing kind of some of the, the details that she 
and perks of her deal. And I'm like, whoa, that's what I'm saying. When I say aspiration, I'm like, all right, that's what yeah. I mean. But then she also was like, girl, get your shit together because you was in essence and you be doing tours and you be doing this. Like, girl, whatever. So it's like nice you are to, that girl. Right. Like, <laughs> so it's nice to have somebody those, just had to remind you. It's nice to have those reminders because we get caught up in the, well, I should be here. Oh, that's so How true. come I'm not there? And be comparing. I admit. We do. I told her, I said, I compare all the time. Like, because I keep saying it, like, oh, I wasn't one of the big boy podcasts. So I can't. So, yeah, it's tough (laughs) to uh, get out of your head and, like you just said, not compare. But I'm appreciative of people like her who don't feel the need to gatekeep or say, Nope, I I got it and goodbye. <laughs> you try your luck. So, Puni, talk to us about how does your nine to five impact your creative space? <laughs> like, because for me, it'd be stressing me out. Like, obviously, I need my nine to five um, to pay the bills. Podcasting does not pay the bills, but the reality is, it's like um, I would like it to. Yeah. So here, and that's the thing, right? I'm not one of these crazy people you'll ever read. Like I quit my nine to five because I want to pour in all my time to my job. I mean, into the podcast, because if I put more time into it, it, no, I'm very realistic in understanding that my nine to five, all of this around me, (laughs) that's from my nine to five. Um, But I'm also have to understand it is a time suck it is a time drain because i do the podcast in what's left right Mm. in that space of what's left so once i got this promotion okay gone were those days where okay four (laughs) o'clock close laptop some days i did have to work a 12 13 14 hour day it's nothing left after that right i don't so even if i had to record a podcast I'm not on my best because I'm tired. Like, I just want to get this over with because I want to go to bed or I want to eat or I want to do this. And so the nine to five does affect the output sometimes. For me now, (laughs) because of this this new promotion and I have to travel a little bit more, I'm like, shit, how am I going to do these live shows? What if I got to do be here for work? And I booked this show here. Like, how does this work? So trying to juggle and make the space for the two things to happen, it's tough. It's tough. You just said something. Oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. I was like, no, go ahead. Go ahead. The nine to five, I feel like also impacts the emotional space because we, we push in, you know, work is work. Um, and it and it feels good to be in these positions at work, be acknowledged. And it's oftentimes it does come with a lot of work, a lot of responsibility. And even then, like sometimes that a lot of that can feel good, accomplishing work, getting tasks done, building your career. But there's also this emotional and mental drain, I feel like, because it's like I'm still missing mm-hmm. my podcast. I still I wanna do an episode, but I didn't get to do one. Mm-hmm. And Maybe it's even like beating myself up a little bit because I'm a little disappointed. And that can really, over time, that can really impact your mental and emotional space. And then you start feeling imposter syndrome for real. You like, 
you and and we just talked about comparing. You looking at what other people doing. You like, wait, am I putting in as much time as them? Oh my god, this person just got a show. This person just did. Am I? I must not be doing uh, right because I'm working. I'm work. <sighs> like it can become yeah. this hamster wheel of self abuse. Yeah, and you have to stay ground. Like for me, it works staying grounded in. I hate that meme that goes around where it's like Beyonce has the same 24 hours as you do (laughs) because I'm like, she don't. Right. Because Beyonce has help and Beyonce has money to throw at problems. Right. So yes, Beyonce has the same 24 hours, but Beyonce has a personal trainer and nannies and chefs and producers and a whole company that she pays people and assistants, right? So security. Yeah, those 24 hour drivers. Yeah. You know, those 24 hours look completely different than (laughs) my 24 hours, right? And so that's how I had to start reminding myself, right? You can only do what you can only do what you can do. You can only hold what you can hold. And so it's hard when you want and you have the desire to grow something. Um, But I think what, to me, you mentioned this too about your audience. I think it was reaffirming when I did share, like my Patreon members were like, girl, like get out, get out of here. Like when you back, we'll be ready. Um, I think the same thing when I shared in my Insta story, I got the same kind of response you did. And so I do think it is, um, those moments remind me to kind of go pat myself on the back because cultivating something from nothing is no easy feat either. And so you can only do what you can do. So as I'm ideating and daydreaming, as my therapist is telling me to do, um, I think those are things I have to remind myself of. I had to the point where I, you follow me. I hadn't done a Would You Rather Wednesday, and that was my thing. Like every week, I don't think I've done one in months. I did one yesterday, and it was no rhyme or reason. I think I just was kind of like, and I think I had tweeted this, and I think yesterday or was it Wednesday? Maybe it was Wednesday or Tuesday, but I think I tweeted on Tuesday. I think Tuesday was like one of the first days that I had felt like myself in a long time. And so kind of seeing, you know, I seeing like, okay, maybe I'm getting on the other side of this. Maybe I'm gonna come out of this creative block or whatever's been weighing on me. But yeah, I just think those little reminders of like, you got this. Life Not only do you life. got this, but you you you've been doing it. Like you do it, and you are impacting people, and people love you, and the support is there. And and talking about support, the people, and community. I was listening to this YouTube earlier today, and uh-huh. this guy was talking about how some creators are moving away from the model of dependent on an already established platform to push their content, you know, hence like a IG or mm-hmm. Facebook or even a SoundCloud. Um, a lot of people are moving towards creating quote community, establishing their own platforms 
where like-minded creators and people who like the work that everybody is doing pay to subscribe to that community. And so they benefit from not only interacting with the content creators, um, but most importantly, um, with each other. That is like a almost... You can't put a price tag on the value of putting that many people in in that space. Um, the sky's the limit in terms of what those people can do and network and, and jobs and <laughs> travel, yeah. love, relationships, dating, like the whole nine. So I wanted to get your thoughts around, especially as I know you said that you're thinking of you, you're starting to come back. You're taking those those early steps to make your comeback. When it comes to building community, and I, I feel like you're already doing that with your live show, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you took the podcast on the road, and you're giving the people an experience in person. Yeah. Um, but what does building community look like for the Booney Breakdown podcast? Yeah, and yeah. what do you think about this idea? Yeah, I think that's an interesting idea because... It's so much on these platforms. It's so much redundancy. It's so much content. Censorship. Mm -hmm. Yes, that, um, like, knock on wood, I ain't got no flag from Instagram in a minute. (laughs) I was on that little, my followers ain't going up, but I've been noticing, like, my posts been reaching a little bit more people, so... Um, because like before I took yeah. my break, I think my that's why I was one of the reasons why I was stopping Would You Rather because it's like I'm doing all this, nobody's fucking seeing it. My Would You Rather, I'm only getting like a hundred people now. I was getting like nine hundred before, so I noticed like my Would You Rather, I think got yesterday got like four hundred. So I was like, okay, okay. I'm, I'm okay. getting back on Instagram. Good side. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I totally see and understand the shift to your own platform. One, no one can tell you what to do, what to see what you can post, what you can't post, what time you should post. There's no rules. And honestly, I think when you can make connections outside of some of those platforms, those are the genuine, true, and hard ones. Um, just from my, my my Patreon community was small. I don't think I ever got over 50 people, but to me, that was a win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had one of my... Patreon members ping Mama Ratchet, my mother, to ask her, how can I send Booney flowers? And so, like, my mom works to, you know, get this done or whatever, but... That's so so sweet. So, yeah, so it's just like, I see the value in building community outside of these platforms. I think you get to see people on a deeper level. They get to see you on a level. You can build a connection that's not as surface. Um, so yes. And so I think for me, for my community, um, for sure, the live shows, I think, and I'll do a good example. My show I did last year in Raleigh, it was probably the smallest show I've done in terms of audience size, but the unique thing about it, which I loved, um, the unique thing I loved was, sorry, somebody's texting me. I'm You're fine. He's calling. I hope it's okay. Um, the one thing I loved about it was the audience was all women. And 
Yes. The energy of that show, and for people who've been to, for people who were there had been to all my shows, our mother, one of my friends, they were like, yo, every show is good, but like, it was something about that show. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I think because for heterosexual women, they were in a safe space where there was not the gaze of men. Mm. And it was so special. And so seeing that, I was like, oh, that was it. So for me, it's like, yes, I make content for everybody, but my primary audience is Black women. And so to see that, it was it was a funeral, but not with people in the front, which was a first for me too, I think. But um, <laughs> Sounds like you tapped into some sisterhood vibration energy yeah, in that like, room. It was, just, it was just a really special energy and um that one and i kept thinking about like i think it still sits with me because i think i wrote in my little notebook that i had my ideas in and i was like um how can i replicate that because i i didn't plan it it just worked out that way how can i replicate that hmm that's interesting. So you 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 noticed, observed that it was the smallest audience that you've ever had, but it sounds like it had the most impact in a way that you know you you thinking like, wow, how can I do this again? So you yeah. you went to something here. Yeah. So that it's in my in my wheelhouse, and so it's a few things I'm sitting on that I think could deepen. As I and I call my community the Ratcheteer Gang. Um, yes. named so it's like how can I deepen that yeah so that's where I am but the power of community and support because that's my other thing too like they about to ban TikTok all these people built these massive oh. platforms on TikTok making money on TikTok hundreds and of that shit about to be people. gone yeah I mean that's they how, can pray that's and how hope. it's looking but yeah I think they about to get that up out of here and I even fell victim to it, right? Because like it was fun during the pandemic to do all those little TikToks, and that's when I realized up. TikTok really blew up during the pandemic. It blew up in the pandemic, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was having fun doing my little ratchet content on there, but I was like, <laughs> I think you mentioned earlier the pressure, the pressure of growing a following. I'm getting censored. Oh, it's sexual content. Oh, how can I be creative? And it's like, that's not the content I wanted to do, but I was just following the trend. And so for me, I stopped. I don't think people will realize, but I just stopped doing that kind of shit. Like, I don't need to mimic and act out to an R. Kelly song in the background. Like, I just don't need to do it. Is people out there doing it? I don't need to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And so just understanding, like, everything ain't for everybody either. And so it was fun. It had its moment in time. But I, I just had to stop because it was just added pressure. I'm, I was already got to do this. So I, don't, I don't need that too. <laughs> well, speaking of which, I want to close this conversation out with how to avoid creator burnout. And I think you and I have been through it a couple times, going through it now to where we can give the people some advice. And when I was thinking about this, um, immediately what came to mind was get a hobby. I, th- I think as creators, we pour 
everything into this creative space. And so it's easy to get down and out when it's not going the right way or how you feel. Um, I, you know, everybody know me. I'm a tennis player. I compete. Mm-hmm. I'm on a league. I've been on a league for years. I have two trophies sitting right there. Two Philly <laughs> championships under my Come belt. now. Um, I've always had a passion for tennis. I had a passion for tennis before I had a podcast. To, um, before I had a passion to put my put a microphone in front of my face. Um, so tennis helps me in so many ways. That movement helps me shake off that anxiety when I'm frustrated or when I'm going through a challenge. That movement is really important to me. And I know for a lot of content creators, we do it at home. During the pandemic, we were at home. A lot of people work remote or hybrid. We are at home. When things are not going we have to step out we got to get out we got to if it's taking a walk if mm-hmm. it's we we have to find something else to pour into um to help us get through some of those struggles what are what are your thoughts what would have what has helped Boonie get through creator burnout <laughs> um no i agree with getting some fresh air so you're right. I, I Get do. Out the crib. <laughs> yeah, go walk. Open the curtains up. Let the sun shine in. If you are yes. in the house or when it's warm, let a breeze through. It helps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think also for me with creative burnout is, I know this is probably going to be a people might not understand it, but I kind of like stop taking in other content too. So, like, I have not been listening to podcasts, even though it's some I enjoy and I miss, but I just had to stop. I completely have stopped, and but this might be easier for a lot of people to come soon, but I stopped scrolling TikTok. I'll go on, I still it on my phone, like people send me a TikTok, I'll look at it in the app and then close it out, but I stopped just sitting there mindlessly scrolling because you could be on TikTok for an hour and not even realize it's been an hour. Um, I think, too, just being around, like, real-life people. (laughs) I think start doing activities with my tribe in real life. Um, That's helpful to me. And then the ratchet side of me is always going to say an orgasm. So <laughs> get your orgasms. Get your orgasm. If you, you, not, if you can't do it with somebody else, give Yo, it to, give it to yourself. So, listen. But um, yes. I stopped taking in a lot of content too, particularly on like social media. Because um, I'm trying to do my own thing. I'm trying to. What I've done on Hung Up Podcast in terms of the the content that I share, I would say 50% is mine, 50% is other shit that's going on. Well, here's the thing. I noticed you made that switch and I'm like, shit, what the fuck am I going to be posting on Instagram while I'm on hiatus? So I've been just sharing random stuff and that stuff be the stuff that gets engagement. It's so infuriating. Ain't it? (laughs) I like this week earlier this week I like posted I po- no it was last week I posted some video I did and it got like 12 likes right after that I posted um 
post? Now I got to look. I posted um, something about Brandy. She's doing like a... Um, Disney Plus is doing something. They announced something with Brandy and the Descendants. And it got all these likes, all these other... It's like, I get so sad sometimes. I'm like, y'all, yes. but my stuff, if I put up something like encouraging, a good word, it depends on when I post it and how I share it. Other than that, the girls are paying dust. <laughs> I did a little thing when the ticket, when we were in the fight by our last for them tour tickets. And I just put a tweet over the little tour picture shared like 300 times like i'm like <laughs> you're like but i just did a video where i when uh, i post my stuff y'all don't I, like it you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that should be infuriating and it makes you want to get pull your hair out and give up but it still brings people to your platform yeah so it's just like welcome you're here now welcome i you know it's a lot of black gay and queer content creators out there and and platforms and some of them give some good content and some of them I feel like it's just like "Mm." um but a minute ago I stepped back from doing a whole bunch of timeline scrolling and looking at other people's shit and just focusing on my own shit even when it comes to podcasting I don't there are a few podcasts that I listen to a few Mm -hmm. I could probably count them on one hand um but none of them are like mine. None of them are queer. None of them are, none of them are like what I'm doing. Um, at least the ones I listen to. Now, I will say this. There are some YouTube creators. Gotcha. That I'll watch and that I'll listen to queer black um, content creators. Now, YouTube, where the money at? <sighs> I guess once you get that following, it's hard to build. Your, like, or maybe we just thing is something right. Because it's been a struggle for me and Tony to get... We it's just trying about to, get to hit two hundred. It's trying <laughs> to get yeah. I was like on YouTube trying to get the followers is hard. Um, but when I be seeing some people who be sharing how much money they like, I think I saw a few videos where they were sharing like, oh, I posted this clip on TikTok at this time I made, and I posted this on Instagram. Instagram I'm not even gonna pay for reels no more soon, but um. Instagram, Instagram for reels, like Facebook, but then they show YouTube and it was like the other ones they made like a hundred bucks, a thousand dollars. And then it was like YouTube, it was like $32,000. But yeah, you got to get to that a thousand. I know some mark. people are making their living. Yeah, off of I'm YouTube. like, YouTube give the checks. I like YouTube. I just got to get a little bit more into it. This first season with me and Tony, it's just, I got to be honest with you, Booney. YouTube is probably one of the places where um, I don't get a lot of homophobia on Instagram, even though that's oh. where I have my most following. Um, I get sometimes like racism on Instagram. Like if I post something about Black Lives Matter or, you know, somebody, you know, something that happened to somebody in the community or whatever. But on YouTube... I could see it. Homophobia is gross. And it'd be making me not even want to like, I'm like, I I thought I was like not used to this, but had. Yeah, that's tough. The comments. It's just hard. Like, and people, it's like people say, ignore it, ignore it, ignore it. And it's just like, but you've read it. After you've read it and you've seen it, it's it's, it's hard not to have a a reaction to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but 
We out that here. That is true. <laughs> I mean, that is that is a fair point. Um, because I was doing that one time. Someone I follow on my personal page, and I just love her content. And one day I was like, she did this video about the comments. And I guess because I'd never really dive in her comments, but like I started looking at her videos and I was like, whoa, like people are nasty. She's YouTube. Um, this is on her Instagram, on her Instagram. It be on Instagram too. Yeah, but she's like a fairly large, like couple million following. But I can only her imagine comments, the comments. Yeah, her com I was like, geez, I would turn off comments on every single thing I posted. Because her comments were just so vile. But I just don't understand what people get out of that. Um, it's like, because you're right. Like, you know, like you're a fucking loser at home. But I read it and it hurt my feelings. And it's okay that it hurt my feelings. But like you said, how do I turn this out? Because I don't want to sit with this every time I have to go in here and respond to stuff or upload right. stuff. So totally get it. And I want to interact with the people in the comments because... There's always way more love than hate. I, let me, I should have started with that. Um, so I want to be in the comments, but it's just like, ooh, girl. I don't, sometimes it's just, you know, but I feel like that's a part of being public. Mm-hmm. We, we're putting ourselves out there, our content out there. That means literally anybody well, can see thing. it. This is a thing, and I know we got to wrap up, but this is a thing for me. I think what has become abundantly clear to me in this whole content creating process is I never in life want fucking fame. You can hand me the check, but I don't want fame. And so I joke with my best friend all the time. He's like, but you be knowing you. I'm like, that's fine. But like, I can live my, like people don't know me, like not millions of people know who I am. And I'm like, I use the example of the girl, Nicole Byer, because I was like, she's famous enough that she gets work. She goes to Netflix shows. She's on a show on NBC. But most people have no idea who she is. (laughs) 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 So I'm like, she stay working, getting the check. Yes. But I said, she walked by you on the street. You have no idea who this person is. That's kind of the fame I want. Give me the check. Yeah. Give me the check. She probably likes it that way. But I don't need nobody knowing me, TMZ following. I don't need none of that fame. Thank you very much. Because the more people that know you, the more like nastiness and weird stalker people. Yeah, I don't want it. I'm not for it. I don't need it. But I'll take the chance. Lord knows. I done got some weird DMs, some weird text. I've received some very questionable text into the podcast because it's like a phone number that people can call or leave messages or text. I've gotten very weird text. I've gotten really strange videos to that phone number. Um, It's really, it's it's, y'all weirdos out here. They definitely, (laughs) definitely are. (laughs) But we, (laughs) some of them definitely are. It was so good to talk with you. Yes, it was good to be back on the microphone. Just to give you right, just a little a warm introduction, so that way you can a little taste a reintroduction. Yeah, yes, exactly. Taste back in. Well, thank you. Look, if we ever make it big, we might have to start our own podcast network, and we can um, okay community. There we go. 
<laughs> before, thank you before you leave let the remind the people where they can find you on social media and listen to your podcast yeah so you can find the Boonie Breakdown podcast on all major podcast platforms Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio YouTube, Amazon Music Audible, all the big boys um, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the Boonie Breakdown B-O-O-N-I-E and yes follow, comment give nice comments like engage we do a lot of polls a lot of interactive stuff and this stories i'm really active there and um i look forward to you joining so thanks again for having me thank you for dialing into the hunger podcast and i'm sure i'll see you soon boonie good night right, <laughs> peace <laughs> Thank you, Hunger family, for dialing in and listening to another episode of the Hunger Podcast, a Philly-based culture and society podcast from a Black queer perspective. I'm your host. I'm your producer, Eric Cole. Be sure to follow this podcast on your favorite podcasting and social media platform by searching at HungerPod. That's H-U-N-G-U-P-P-O-D. And thank you, Booney, so much for dialing in. I really enjoyed our conversation. Make sure y'all check Boonie out at the Boonie Breakdown Podcast. Y'all have a good rest of the weekend. Be safe. And I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace.